Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Hello, beautiful. We have been talking about a low AMH and A quality over on TikTok and on Instagram. We're trying to bring it all together as one. Um, and I reached out to everyone who answered the survey, are you dealing with low AMH or A quality? And a shocking amount of people responded. And I said, okay, well, ask me, ask me your questions. What kind of questions do you have concerning your personal journey? So we have a lot of um, similar questions um, and then a lot of like different ones too. So we're going to dive into these questions. If you have um, questions, put them in the comments and then I'll get back to them. If I don't answer your, your question, which I'm highly likely going to answer your question. Um, we had a lot of interest and um if you have to leave this live, it is going to be up on IGTV, so you can always pop into it later on, um, and we're going to put it up on the podcast as well, so you'll have plenty of time to re-listen or join again, so don't feel like you have to have to stay, because, you know, I, I think it's crazy, these lives sometimes, because it's like, when, when do people have the time to actually really sit here and watch them live? Um, but I hope you guys can. I hope you can stay as long as possible. Um, so I think the two biggest questions that I got was what food should I eat and what supplements should I take to help improve my egg quality? Now, if you've followed me for a while, um, you know that I'm all about finding your food intolerances. That is the key to finding your perfect diet. There's not one diet out there that is going to be um, perfect for everyone. And especially if we're trying to focus on a quality. Now, a quality comes down to your overall health quality. So you need to improve your overall health and then it will trickle down to giving what the eggs need to mature in a beautiful fashion. Um, because I had quite a few people also say, you know, I've, I've tried everything. I've done keto. I've done paleo. I've done veganism. I've done all these different diets, but nothing seems to be working. And the reason maybe one of the reasons that might be is because you're still eating foods that you're personally intolerant to. So again, people who have followed me for a while, you guys know that I went paleo for a whole year 
and still wasn't getting pregnant naturally and did another IVF. And yes, our embryos, um, the quality of them greatly improved. We went from not having any viable embryos to having five, but I still didn't get pregnant off of our best embryo. We put it back in. I didn't even make it to day 28. And so I know how devastating it feels to be putting in all this hard work and it not paying off. And obviously our ultimate goal is getting pregnant. So that's how we, um, we, you know, value whether or not it's working, how we judge it and it's right. And it's wrong. So it is right that it's not working because your ultimate goal is to be getting pregnant. But if you're looking at all the other things that are going right in your life with your overall health and seeing those improve, then it is working. You just need to find some of those missing pieces. So many of the people who put like, well, I've tried this diet, I've tried that diet, um, you'll just need to go a little bit extra further. And that might be going to get a, like a high quality food sensitivity test, working with a practitioner that can really um, help you look at your overall diet and pinpoint places that you're not doing great. Um, or even going on a full autoimmune paleo diet for 30 days and giving your body a good reset and seeing if some of those foods within that diet you are highly intolerant to. I know if you're dealing with thyroid issues, if you're dealing with endometriosis, PCOS, um, digging a little bit deeper into your diet and looking at healthy, normal foods um, might be your missing link. Um, for me, it was like tomatoes, paprika. I just had a client show up that she was highly intolerant to coconut, um, which is one of the foods that we all rely heavily on once we um, get away from the gluten. Uh, coconut seems to be in everything. So it's really um, down to finding your personal food intolerances. So if you're at your wits end with diet, sometimes it's good just to like start over again and eliminate the things you know personally that when you're off of them, you feel better and then start exploring things that like you might not even think of. And the only reason I recommend the autoimmune paleo diet is because it literally like takes away almost everything. It's like mind blowing how, how many foods are literally off the table. So it just gives you a really good place to, to, to start to rebalance and then start reintroducing those foods as soon as you possibly can. Um, it's not a diet you want to be, it's not a diet. It wasn't designed to, um, be on the rest of your life unless you personally had to be on it. It's just a really good place to start. Um, yeah, because it takes away like everything. So if you're frustrated with your diet, um, that's what I suggest. That's why I designed the fertility food program to really help you dive deep into your food intolerances and on top of that, you need to start where you're at. 
So if you've been doing diet changes for six months to a year now, then hopping into an autoimmune paleo diet might be easy for you. Uh, Like it's not easy for anyone. It's a really hard diet, but it's a lot easier if you're coming to this brand new and maybe have only played around with eliminating one or two foods. Going onto a full autoimmune paleo diet is not mentally going to be the best thing for you because it is so restrictive. So you really want to know where you are in your journey and where you can start and set yourself up for success and then slowly build from there. Um, If you're type A and you're just like, I got to do this, uh, just be aware you can do it for a few weeks, but sometimes I found clients just get so overwhelmed with it. Um, They buy new cookbooks and they want to make all these new recipes. And my honest advice is to make it as basic and simple as you possibly can. Um, You know, and that could just be, you know, salads with lots of different veg in them. Um, nice, fresh, uh, grass-fed meats. I definitely was not in the kitchen cooking up a storm through my journey. And to be honest, I'm not even now. Um, I have my staples that I learned how to make and I make those, um, but it just gets so overwhelming um, that you just really want to meal prep, meal plan, and make it as simple and easy as you possibly can. Because I think for a lot of us, our diet has kind of taken a second fiddle to life anyways. It's not something that we overly think of. I know it was, um, you know, toast, like on a good day, I would eat cereal and on a bad day, it'd be toast in the car on the way to work. Um, So when you have to actually take a step back and start slowing down and, you know, really prepping, cooking, all those things, sitting down to eat your breakfast, sitting down to eat your lunch. These things take time and they're um, more mentally taxing um, than physically. So I hope that answers the food question. Um, I know a lot of my answers aren't direct um, and because that's the truth. Like if anyone's out there telling you this is the diet you need to be on, I just, um, I was looking up some books um, and I saw that it starts with an egg has done a cookbook, but it's all Mediterranean based. And I've had a few questions about the Mediterranean diet. I actually just put it up on the reels on TikTok. yeah, it's a beautiful diet. Like you can't knock it, but a lot of people, especially because we have a lot of hidden autoimmune issues or known autoimmune issues, um, like thyroid issues. And people are like, well, I'm on this really clean diet, the Mediterranean diet. I'm like, yeah, but you're allowed corn, you're allowed soy, um, all the nightshades are in there. So for me, I just, I'm really passionate about people not getting hung up on a specific diet and just really focusing on what they need and what they can't have for the time being while they um, improve their gut health. And then hopefully later down the line, you can start playing in with reintroducing some of your favorite foods. Um, And I know I'm going to get asked the question, well, how long does this take? There's no answer to that. It literally depends on your genetics. It depends on how deep your root cause is. Um, If you are doing it correctly, like meaning that you really truly have found your food intolerances and you've given it enough time 
And also your stress levels. Are you working on lowering that inflammation? Um, so there's no like good answer for that either. <laughs> Sorry. And that leads me into what supplements, like what, what supplements should I be taking to improve my egg quality? And obviously we, you know, we get told DHEA, we get told uh, the Q10, all these kind of, I don't want to call them basic fertility supplements, but our community has literally been, you know, uh, spoon fed, like these are the specific, um, supplements that work for fertility. And the truth of the matter is, yes, you might need, need that type of support, but unless you are lowering your inflammation, any type of supplement you're taking is basically coming out in your pee and probably doing little to nothing to help improve your situation. So the number one thing you have to do before you start supplementing is lower your inflammation. So that is through your diet, that's through your stress levels, that's through your environmental toxins, as much as you possibly can, right? You're not going to be able to control everything, but the things that you have control over, you start taking control over that. Then it's all about targeted supplements. So um, I, I mean, a fish oil is definitely on top of, or in the top three supplements I recommend to everyone to take, as long as you're not intolerant to it. Um, vitamin C and a good multivitamin that does not have folic acid. You want to go for the folate in it. Everything else that is targeted to a quality is kind of irrelevant because you really want to be focusing on the underlining issue of why your egg quality is low. So if you're having thyroid problems, why is your thyroid acting up? Is it a mental and emotional stressor? Is it a gut health stressor? Is it both? And then when you discover those issues, then you use supplements to target and support those issues. And then that trickles down into your aid quality. Um, I really want to like stress to you guys, like your gut is the main like show, right? Like the gut is almost one of the most important things for you to take care of because it handles everything that you put into your body. And that includes your stress. Um, you know, I have a really good friend right now that eats really healthy and she's like, I still get stomach issues. And I'm like, it's connected to your brain. Your gut is connected to your brain. Your mental and emotional will react in a physical way. And that's why a lot of young kids have stomach issues when they're little. And then it just goes on into your adulthood. So, um, so when you're taking these supplements, when you're trying to eat these foods to improve your egg quality, where does it go? It doesn't go directly to your eggs. There's nothing that you like give your eggs directly. It goes to your gut, your gut has to deal with it. And then your gut and then your whole body starts working. It's, you know, magic and it will go to your eggs eventually. I personally believe, um, and it's a scientific, you know, fact that you don't have to have fertility to survive. So if your body is going into survival mode, it starts shutting down the things that it doesn't need to survive. So your fertility is one of those things. So if you're, um, you know, not doing all the right things and saying you're just like having a lot of inflammation going on, and I know this could be a subconscious thing because, you know, when you know better, you do better. 
um, your body is basically just fighting to keep your body alive with all this inflammation going on. I, I am like a perfect example of this. I was super healthy, like no doctor, you would look at me and say that I was unhealthy. Like they just didn't understand why I was having fertility issues, but my, my gut health was so poor that it was just trying to maintain like a level of health, like keep me alive, right? Like keep me to wake up during the day, keep me to breathe. It was completely not focused on or able to give anything to my aches. So my egg quality suffered. And then for me, it was the high natural killer cells because food particles were getting into my bloodstream, my bloodstream, my immune system was like, oh, WTF, what's all this stuff attacking it? And then an embryo is a foreign agent. So um, if, if your immune system is like on overdrive, it will just attack that too. So if you're having implantation problems, um, especially when you're using IVF um, and your A quality is like a little bit low, that could be something you really want to look into. Um, so I had a specific question about glutathione. Um, now glutathione is your like master detoxer. It is super important for, um, you know, everything in your body, but um, it's something that I, I tread lightly around because not you really want to take a targeted approach with it. And it's not something that you want to be on long-term. It is a supportive measure for when your body isn't making it as much as, as much as you need. Um, but if it's, it's like thyroid medication as well, like the longer you take it, the more often you take it, your body will be like, okay, I don't have to make this anymore. So it just stops doing it. And then therefore you have to um, rely on those medications. Also, not everyone does well on glutathione. So um, when you're introducing any new supplements, so you've done your research um, and you think this actually might benefit me, um, take it by itself. Don't introduce any new foods or any other new supplements and watch how you feel on this supplement. And if you're not feeling right on it, then it's not working for you. So I know there's a lot of information out there. I know even I talk about supplements, um, but you, you got to really listen to yourself. And um, if you're not feeling good on it, just because some, some doctor, some influencer, some health coach is like, oh my God, this is amazing. It doesn't mean that it's amazing for you. Um, so just be careful with that one because I know I talk about it as well. Um, so a lot of people, um, talked about having asymptomatic endo, having endo, um, and thyroid issues. And how is this linked to maybe a low AMH score and low A quality? And so those, these issues, endo, um, even autoimmune thyroid, your genetically um, predisposition, your setup, your genes are set up to, if you cause enough inflammation in your body, it will trigger that issue. So they're not necessarily things that you can get rid of, um, especially endo and PCOS, you're never going to get rid of it. For me, my autoimmune issue, the overactive immune system, 
it will come back if I don't take care of my health. Um, and this is why it's so important, even if you're dealing with these issues, okay, you have those issues, you're never going to get rid of them, but you can manage the symptoms and you can manage how that endo reacts, how that PCOS is reacting um, with diet, lifestyle, environmental, sleep, all those things. You just have to figure out, and it's annoying because you then have to live a certain type of lifestyle to maintain those issues. And so when you're trying to conceive, improve your egg quality, this is where you want to be your best. You know, like you don't have to be perfect to get pregnant. The crackhead on the street has proven that to us. But when you're trying to reach your ultimate goal, um, there is a place of dedication, um, a commitment, and this will just help you reach your ultimate goal sooner. Um, I always talk about healing because we're healing in the inside and it's really, it's not tangible, right? Like you don't know if your, your gut health, I mean, I can't, I guess you can with your, your poos. Um, if you're dealing with endo symptoms and PCOS symptoms, you can, you can feel it because those symptoms aren't as um, major, but when you're starting to heal, and I know this was the truth for me after my year on paleo, like I was healthy. I was healthy. There was like no big screaming issues. Like I, I managed my gut health really well. My mental health was good. Um, but I was still like taking in foods that I was highly intolerant to. So my body wasn't as much as it was trying to heal. I was still whacking it, um, but I couldn't see it. Right. And I wasn't having symptoms to like help me manage it. Um, but once you figure all that out, you just have to think of like, okay, your healing journey is like a scar. Sorry, I don't know what that noise is. Um, a scar on your arm. And the more you pick at it, the more you pick at it, the more you pick at it, um, the longer it's going to take to heal. So it will eventually heal, but it might just take a little bit longer because you're still causing that inflammation towards it. So sometimes it can be really frustrating, especially when you're doing this on your own and not having a pair of eyes that are trained to look outside of the box and look in other areas to say, okay, I've never had a client that I didn't find something that we can improve on. Um, and for most of my clients, they have seen some of the talk, fertility doctors out there. Um, but obviously they're just so, so hyper-focused on um, their, their fertility that they're not looking in the other places that are impacting their fertility. It trickles down. Sorry, the, um, the gardeners outside weed whacking. <laughs> um, so I also had some um, questions about at what point is low too low? Like, is there any going back? And with your AMH score, um, I personally, this is all personal, like don't come at me. I personally think it's a shit, a shit test. Like for me, um, the only thing that it might be useful for is to help you get mental clarity, whether or not you want to go and use IVF um, 
to speed up the process. Uh, because obviously IVF can um, hopefully gain you a few, you know, like a whole year's worth of egg collection and find the best embryo. And that makes the process a lot quicker, right? So when you're trying naturally, you only have one shot every month. And even for healthy uh, cycling females, not every month is a viable egg anyways. That's just, uh, just um, you know, scientifically proven. Um, so I personally think no matter what your AMH score is, um, if you have eggs, if you are cycling, um, you can improve your egg quality. Um, and that is a better way of looking at things than hyper-focusing on having a low AMH score. Now, I never hyper-focused on it because my, I know my doctors like told me you have on the low side for your age around 30. And I don't even remember what my score was, um, but they weren't overly concerned about it. But in hindsight with my IVFs, I did IVF at 30 and I think 32. Um, I didn't collect that many eggs. The first one was 13 and the second one was 12. Um, but the real like proof in the pudding is, um, between those IVFs improving my health, I went from not being able to create one viable embryo, um, to creating five. So that's what you really want to hyper-focus on. If you want to hyper-focus on anything is, um, the fact that you can, sorry, this guy's like right next to us. Uh, he'll he'll go in a second. We're very fortunate to have them, but yeah, they come they come early in the morning. Uh, it's eight a.m. here in Hawaii, and I would shut the window, but then I would like literally die of a heat stroke. I'm already sweating my butt off. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I would personally um, not get hung up on your score if you. Um, can shift your mindset saying I have eggs and whether or not you are prepared to use IVF or can use IVF to help speed up the process because you know that will help speed up the process you still want to take the time to improve your egg quality and it's a minimum of three months to improve your egg quality um you and that's just like the scientific fact right it takes three months for an egg to mature so what i try to encourage everyone to do is shift your mindset from being time poor because if you rush into these things you actually might extend the amount of time it takes you to get that healthy embryo so if you go into an IVF round and you haven't done any work or you've done little work or you haven't found your root cause, you might come out of that IVF with one egg, um, which that might be your golden egg. But obviously, you know, we want to maximize our chances when we're going into these medical procedures. And also what you're doing is you're increasing your fertility naturally as well. Um, and that's what happened to me. I never set out to change my diet and lifestyle to get pregnant naturally. Like I really honestly, um, at the time, believed I couldn't. 
I mean, I was three years um, into fertility issues, a failed IVF, um, when I changed my diet and lifestyle, but I only changed my diet and lifestyle really to see if I can improve my chances with IVF. And then when I started noticing my normal health starting to improve, and then when we got all those better embryos, that's when I started to really believe like, okay, there's something in this, like, this is not just make-believe. Um, you know, these things have an impact on us. I just kept going. And I think that helped me change my mind, my mind, um, my, my mind, just helped me change my mind, um, that these things were worth doing, continuing on, because I could have easily stopped after the second failed IVF, you know, um, okay, yeah, we got better embryos, but my body rejected the best embryos. So I was still left thinking, I can't do this. But instead of doing that, I started to dig deeper. And then, you know, I demanded the immune testing and that's where it came up. Even though I look super healthy, I still had high natural killer cells after a year of being on a really clean diet. And because I was willing to keep going and going and digging deeper, um, my natural fertility started to restore itself. And because of the circumstances, we actually didn't try naturally um, after our IVF baby, my husband was away, the Zika virus came around and he was traveling to countries with the Zika virus. We knew we had frozen embryos um, and we were going back for them. So we used, um, we had protected sex because of all these issues. And then we did the frozen embryo transfer. It ended in an early miscarriage and that was it. We, we were done. I thought, okay, that's it. You know. Um, at that point, I did believe I, my body could get pregnant naturally, but I still didn't have, I didn't have anyone like me to prove it. Like I didn't have anyone to look at like, okay, she did it. So it is possible. Um, I'm sure there was people out there, but no one was explaining it on an autoimmune level. No one was talking about the steps to take to get there. There's always these like natural, like these miracle pregnancies, right? Um, but no one had the science behind it. And so when I got pregnant naturally, um, that wasn't, that was because I was willing to continue on and keep going. Even though I had medical assistance, even though I had the immune suppressing drugs, I was still doing everything in my power that I could do to improve my overall health. And it trickled down to improve my egg quality and improve my immune system so much so to get pregnant naturally after eight years and years of medical treatment. Um, so it's really about digging in deep and continuing to keep going. Cause I think sometimes these medical procedures, um, you, when they fail, you can just look at them as failures. But what I was doing with my medical procedures is every single one was, um, like an improvement for me because I was still improving on a natural side. So I kept trying to find the silver lining right and I know it's really hard to do when you're the thick of it and don't get me wrong I had my down days I had my down weeks and we're gonna finish there the Q&A like always went way too long to put it into one post one podcast episode so we're gonna pick it up next Friday 
Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.